0: Hello, and welcome to Karen's Medical Corner. I'm Karen O'Day. I'm a certified family nurse practitioner and a certified nurse midwife, owner and operator of EverCare Family Practice in Santa Fe, New Mexico. My specialty is family practice as well as bioidentical hormone replacement, aesthetics, and I do have specialty training in vertigo. I'd like to start a four-part discussion today. On Vertigo as it affects so many patients in my practice as well as many patients on a global scale. It can affect any age of person, male or female, although often more common in females, but it's something that is oftentimes very hard to diagnose as well as hard to define and hard to treat. In episode one, I'd like to talk about the definition of vertigo versus lightheadedness versus dizziness versus balance disturbance, as well as give a personal story and my own experience and journey with vertigo. Episode two, I'd like to talk about the workup that we do to determine where a vertigo is coming from. Episode 3 we'll discuss the possible causes vertigo based on the testing that's done and then episode four uh, we'll discuss treatment options that are available. So when we talk about vertigo oftentimes people will come in and they'll use the term lightheaded or dizzy or they feel like their balance is off and so the most important thing is understanding the difference between those uh, definitions. So vertigo itself is actually the sensation of movement. Now it can be the sensation of a patient feeling movement of their own body or feeling the sensation of movement around them that is not actually occurring. So oftentimes it's described as room spins. Uh, It can happen in a circular motion. It can happen in a vertical motion, horizontal motion, and going Uh, either direction, left to right, right to left, down to up, or up to down, and so that's what the actual meaning of vertigo is, the sensation of movement. Lightheadedness is actually a sensation of feeling as if one is going to faint or pass out, and sometimes people will describe lightheadedness as feeling like they're having a head rush. Whereas disequilibrium, when somebody comes in and is describing a problem with their equilibrium, that's defined as the sensation of falling or feeling as though possibly the floor is tilted underneath them. I've also had patients tell me you know, that they'll feel like they're floating, and that's more of a disequilibrium problem than any of the others that we've mentioned thus far. When we talk about balance disturbance, when somebody comes in and is having balance disturbance, that means the definition of that is regarding their ability to stay upright and have a steady gait, uh, be able to walk across the floor, and feel like they are not going to fall or lose their balance. The term dizziness is a bit of a catch-all phrase, and people will sometimes come in and say that they're feeling dizzy and that term can be used to describe vertigo, to describe balance disturbance, to describe disequilibrium or lightheadedness. So the definition of dizziness is a little bit of a catch-all phrase. So when I do an evaluation, it's very important for me to actually dig deep into the patient's history to find out what their actual symptoms are. And once we find out what the symptoms are, that will lead in a bit of direction on how to test uh, what um, starting to formulate an idea of what the possible etiologies are. But balance, vertigo, lightheadedness are all different in their approach. So I'm going to start this series regarding vertigo because they're is such a large array of different causes of vertigo, different causes of lightheadedness, different causes of disequilibrium, and and uh, different causes of balance disturbance that it would be very difficult to put it into uh, one grouping. So that's why I want to do the series of four podcasts for just vertigo. Vertigo is very frustrating for a lot of people as well as a lot of providers because Uh, unless you have specialty training, doing the workup to find out what the cause is can be difficult, and it can be frustrating not only for patients but as well as for providers. And on average, when somebody's complaining of vertigo, they will see anywhere from three to five providers before they're given a diagnosis. And anyone who's ever had vertigo knows how debilitating it is. It is completely disabling when you have vertigo. People who haven't had vertigo can empathize to a degree, but I don't expect anyone to completely understand the severity of true vertigo unless they have actually experienced it. When someone is having room spins, it can be very scary. It can feel like you're going to die. It can cause nausea, vomiting, severe explosive diarrhea, and it is to the point where many people can't even walk across the floor, they just have to lay completely still. As uh, my personal journey with vertigo, one reason that I really enjoy working up vertigo and finding out what the root cause is so that we can have an appropriate treatment is that I suffered severe vertigo back in the 1990s after a head-on car collision. Uh, and I saw five providers before I was given a diagnosis of what my actual problem was. And it's very frustrating because what when I was in my 20s, I was in a, a head-on car collision and my seatbelt did not catch. And my head went basically into and through the windshield. Then the seatbelt caught, threw me back, and my head hit the side window as the car was rolling over. Initially I thought I was fine. I just had some cuts and scratches. Um, I wasn't really worried about myself because my son was hurt really badly and so I was focused on him. It wasn't until probably close to three months after the accident that I was riding in my truck when all of a sudden I had this immediate sensation of everything spinning around me to the point where I had to stop the vehicle immediately, get out of the vehicle, and vomit. Uh, I worked for a small medical clinic at that time, and I I went there immediately, and the first thought was that, you know, what everybody thinks when you have sudden onset of vertigo is that you could have a brain tumor. And so an MRI was ordered. I didn't have a brain tumor. I was sent to one ear, nose, and throat provider in uh, the southern part of the state near where I lived and basically I was told that they thought because of the car wreck I was depressed or that the vertigo was coming from my menstrual cycle or that I was having anxiety and I told the doctor, I said, I am not depressed but this vertigo is making me depressed and I'm not anxious, I'm not crazy and I was kind of poo-hooed. In a period of nine months, I missed 35 days of work because I was having such severe vertigo. Eventually, I ended up seeing uh, an ear, nose and throat specialist in Albuquerque that I looked up and found as he was one, one of the leading specialists in the Southwest on vertigo. And he was able to diagnose me with Meniere's disease due to the head trauma from the car wreck. It was at that point that uh, they tried numerous medications, even some experimental medications that were out at the time. Nothing worked. I had horrible side effects to most of the medications. Uh, he offered me uh, to kill the nerve in the in the left ear by uh, injecting medication into the ear, which would basically make me go completely deaf on that side and the um, the balance problem would probably persist but not to the same degree and I chose not to do that. At that time in the nineteen nineties, they were doing a procedure called endolymphatic shunts and they were not having great results with them, but they were having results that were okay with them, you know, at that time to go ahead and, and continue doing the procedure. And after trying four different medications, I Told the ear, nose, and throat doctor, I said, You know, I'm not suicidal, but I can't live like this. I can't have vertigo to the point where I'm so debilitated. I can't get out of bed for three days. I said, This is not going to work for me. I was a single parent. I had to be able to take care of two children. And I never knew when vertigo was going to hit or when vertigo wasn't going to hit. And I told him, I said, If if you can't do something to help me, I'm not going to be on this planet very long because I just can't keep functioning like this. So we decided to try the endolymphatic shunt and it actually worked for my Meniere's and they apparently treated it early enough to get it under control that I don't have complete hearing loss in my left ear. I do have a significant low frequency sensory neural hearing loss which is associated with Meniere's disease. I wear a hearing aid for that but overall um, I don't have symptoms like I used to have Uh, it was a pretty intense procedure but I would certainly do it again because uh, vertigo was completely debilitating when I would have an episode I would literally fall on the ground and start vomiting I had no warning it would just hit me all of a sudden and uh, if I didn't get to a bathroom quick then I would start having diarrhea so it was very intense it was really scary and it was absolutely completely disabling and the ear nose and throat doctor that I went to who diagnosed it he even told me you know Karen I'll write you a letter for disability so that you can get on disability and I told him I don't want to be on disability I want this corrected I want I want you to do something to help me because I I just can't go on like this but that's how bad vertigo can be and so I understand when patients come in and they say they're having vertigo and they'll come into the office crying because they literally feel like they're going to die. They can't control it. You can't make it stop. Uh, Medications are given that are sometimes completely inappropriate, that basically just put the patient to sleep so that hopefully they'll sleep the vertigo off, but they don't uh, do anything to treat the cause of the vertigo, and that's the problem. Most of the time, patients are treated for symptoms, and oftentimes they're told that nothing can be done to treat their vertigo. And it was after my own personal experience and going to work in the ear, nose, and throat office in uh, Berlin, New Hampshire, where I had a a wonderful experience with the uh, ear, nose, and throat doctor that I worked with. He wanted me to work up the vertigo patients. I wanted to work up the vertigo patients, and so I learned a tremendous amount about vertigo. I've been to several... Uh, specialty courses in Florida to get training for working up vertigo for testing and for uh, appropriate treatment. And so we do have a lot of patients that come through the clinic with that complaint. Once you have the ability to have a more all-encompassing knowledge of the wide variety of issues that can cause vertigo, you, it's easier to figure out. I love the detective hunt to find out what's the root cause of the problem so that it can be treated. If you never find out, patients suffer for years and years and years, and they never have any relief. And there's no quality of life at that point. Uh, you you can't have quality of life if you're constantly having vertigo. So I encourage anyone who is having vertigo to find a specialist in your area that deals specifically with vertigo because there are a lot of people that do family practice there are a lot of people that do ear nose and throat and and certainly ear nose and throat providers are trained in vertigo but there are providers specifically some audiologists that have specialty training in vertigo and as well as other providers and like myself I'm a nurse practitioner and I chose to do that specialty training so that I could help people because one of the number one complaints as people get older is uh, balance disturbance, vertigo, dizziness, and a lot of people are told there's nothing you can do. So that's my own personal story on vertigo and talking about the definitions. This is a fairly short podcast as I just wanted to lay down the groundwork for what we're going to be talking about with the next three podcasts. And those will come out fairly back to back just so that um, they can be played in uh, a timely manner so that people who are suffering from vertigo know uh, that there is hope. They know that they're you know, what they should be asking for for testing options and what some of the treatment options are. So I appreciate you joining me for the podcast today and I wish you health and happiness and continued ability to have full control over your healthcare and make all your own choices regarding your healthcare in conjunction with the guidance of a medical uh, professional. Thank you. Have a good night.